0: Who are you? I'm someone who has officially watched a whole season of Star Trek: Enterprise. One of 48 people worldwide. My name's Peter.
1: <laughs> and I'm Joseph, and this is V'ger Please, at a heinous trip at warp five. And
0: I meant, who are you? Because uh, I literally haven't seen you in like two and a half years, like physically in person. <laughs> I'm reminded of the last time we podcasted in person, and I don't like the eye contact. Yeah, so yeah, much. it's
1: t- too sexual. Yeah, it's too. It's I'm going to be looking so at my tablet.
0: <laughs> so. Obviously, I don't like having to wear pants for this podcast. Well, you're it's not terrible. technically. You're wearing shorts at the moment,
1: swishy And by the way, you're you're you have nothing to be ashamed of body wise. Oh, I, okay. All right, I just want I want the internet to know, and I want our Discord to know you're in better shape than me. Well, side note, I've been starving
0: myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I've skipped dinners uh, for three days up to now, <clears throat> until I had your delicious hamburgers. So yeah, Peter and I, uh, while we see each
1: other each week, haven't actually podcasted in person since the coronavirus. The the old Rona, yeah. So we decided that it was time for us to get together. And what better occasion to do that than the end of season one of Enterprise? We have finished it, us and forty-seven other people. (laughs) And uh and and then all of you who are listening, thank you for that. And we've dragged along with us. And now here we are to lay it to peace with our rip as we normally do. Um before we get into our awards and we have a we have at least one new one that I think we minimum liked. one we
0: got some good uh, fan submissions that we, we did
1: and thank you to everyone from the VG Police Trauma Support Group as well as our Discord for your contributions and discussion. It's actually it helps focus our own discussion, so we do appreciate it. Um, but before we get into awards, we wanted to talk about the show more generally and just what is Enterprise? What was season one? What what's our takeaways from this as a the next thing after voyager was over we've touched on this a little bit as we have gone through the the season particularly near the end and perhaps a overall sense of disappointment in the quality level of what we witnessed absolutely um the, there's some bigger questions about is this as sci-fi as prior star trek um entries is it more just kind of straight action adventure was this just a byproduct of their making it a prequel or was it something they did on purpose? So we're going to get into all of that. Um, but the very first thing I have on this list
0: uh, was, was a note that you made about the moon. I was listening to the episode. I don't even know. Maybe was it the Terra Nova? Maybe well, you, you, you mentioned, cause I was like, I don't know in generate, not generations, first contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's New Berlin, there's Lake Armstrong, Yeah, there's... 300 million people living on the moon. And I, It made me think like you could live on the entire, anywhere in the Alpha Quadrant, basically in Federation space, all the beautiful outposts and colonies and, and Risa and whatever, and you're going to live on the fucking moon. God forbid we acknowledge Picard and we say, all right, well, there is a worldwide transporter system. And if you can transport from Earth's orbit off a starship down to Earth, and clearly you can transport from Earth to the moon, right? Mm -hmm. So now you could, like, work and hang out in, like, really cool, prestigious cities, but then live in a real (laughs) shithole. On the moon. On the moon. Yeah. So is, like, the moon where, like, all the gentrified areas were relocated off the... Are you saying is moon filled with Section
1: 8? Is it filled with Star Trek Section 8?
0: Is the, is the moon Earth's trailer
1: park? <laughs> I would say that if I were treating that question seriously, Earth is probably like the bougie, you know, established property-owning legacy people. Mm-hmm. And this is why colonization is popular. Like, if you are a, a human living in the, you know, the, the wonders and majesty of united federation of planets why would you leave earth well probably because you're living in some apartment building somewhere and you can't buy a house because that every house is owned generationally by the families that owned that house three centuries ago right fair,
0: fair, yes
1: because while we understand money, assuming doesn't exist, it
0: survived the holocaust of world war three right we know money which may or may not have happened may, you know what i think here, i want to i want to address that real quick uh it, it keeps coming up as such a fucking sore point in the Star Trek world. Like, the economy. It's hard to explain the economy uh, and the the exact situation and um, circumstances of World War III. So, so much things mismatch. I, I want to go on file, and I'm going to say that I'm a World War III denier. You're going to say it just never happened. It, ne- it was a... It's it something we've never seen in Star Trek. It's it true. It's a figment of uh, Federation propaganda and uh all we've got is this
1: one video from pike you know (laughs) they brought this as a show and tell to this one planet i
0: have to assume that at that point uh you know they've got pretty good photoshop should we talk about strange new worlds at all i watched um i watched the one with the kid getting plugged into the computer
1: you know what i have a i have a proposition for you do you think you're going to finish it finish the series yes yes all right well why don't we do special content where we talk about stranger worlds. We have teased some discussions. Mm-hmm. We've we we if you're in like all the way to finish. I mean I have to at this point. I do have are, any left. you are a completionist. <laughs> um well yeah let's save further okay. Stranger World way. discussion. And uh maybe maybe that's maybe that's subscriber content. Oh paywallet eh? there you go paywallet. You want to <laughs> know what we think of, of new track you have to give us like two dollars.
0: <laughs> that's how we operate. So, yeah, I think the moon is for um, the, the the help. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I and agree. I think that World War III never happened. I, I Listen. It's my miserable biased views of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of misery of the
1: future, let's talk about Enterprise as... Is it Star Trek-ish enough? Is it Star trek enough? Does it feel like Star Trek? This is something... That I think you mentioned, I think some of our fans have mentioned. I think that a lot of people who have who are fans of
0: Trek and have watched Enterprise at least think to themselves, it's different. It's very different and I think that uh, based on our conversations, you being the person who' seen all this, there are multiple versions of Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, there is the first season. There is a second season and then the third and fourth season seem to be their own. And yes. the first season especially is not good. And and I sat down, I did the math. I did some breakups as to what episodes I liked and I didn't like. I've got my own rating scale on that. But I think in a lot of ways I can see where Bran Braga and Rick Berman sat down and said, <clears throat> what do we want this to be? Uh, and how do we make it like that? And I think that, I think somewhere in there, there was a conversation of how can we make this as original series as possible? Um, Agreed. And that took it out of Berman era. And that's why a lot of times maybe people don't think of enterprise as Burman era because this enlightened 24th century way of doing things is gone. And now you have the captain going down and getting beat up and fighting with people. Um, this baby boomer humor and a lot more action than uh, fringe sci-fi moments. So I don't, this doesn't feel like Berman era Trek. This is not only is it not set in the 24th century, but I think a lot of what star Trek endeared itself to me as through next gen and things I picked up on through Voyager aren't present here. And that's by design. And I think then if you were to compare, uh, Enterprise season one to the original series, which it's modeled after I, I still don't feel like it really moves in 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 sync there either. So
1: Yeah, I I agree in part and I disagree in part, so I'll explain. It doesn't feel like Bermanera Trek. I would say that it's, it's different, but I still think there's some of that DNA is still very present in in the structure of the show and the overall just technical feel of it, you know, definitely feels like the same people made this as made Voyager. I'll say that when I'm watching it, um, feels like the kind of same production company and production hands are behind it. Uh, but in terms of it being different and that it is a prequel, it is trying to show like a gritty, you know, cutting edge at the beginning of its existence, sort of
0: space exploration. Gritty really just stood out to me. Yeah. The only thing that I can put my finger on when you say gritty is, Broken boat when they go to the alien colony looking for... I think they're looking for the... That's where they get the the gunfight, basically. Yeah. And Trip has his moment where he's like, I think that kid's getting sold off into slavery. And, like, you see some real shitty space community there. And I don't think there's been anything necessarily gritty in Season 1 past that. point. That's readily they, available to me, at least. They did almost get all their juices sucked out by space fighters. That was pretty that's gritty. That's scary, but that's not like... Uh, morally problematic. I, I, I don't... They almost got rolled in a warehouse by a bunch of space truckers. I mean, some gritty things have happened. I, I, You know what? Maybe the problem is that the budget hasn't been there to do gritty the right way. They've been able to present scent pieces and say, here is a, a dilemma or here is a moral situation we are having you encounter, but it hasn't been a gritty feel in the background setting. Yeah. It's that
1: gritty, like fair trade, like, like grind. I guess maybe there's a difference between grimy and gritty. I, I, and I think maybe that's the difference that we're talking about. Like sure. the the space station in broken bow. That was a grimy place. Right. It was, was kind of busy. S- yeah. There was a lot going on and, and- there's an unpleasant sheen to everything that was happening. Sure. Gritty. I mean, more like, Down to earth, more grounded. grounded, Maybe Mm. that's the right phrase, is grounded. Where I do think that it is different. And this is what the point I was getting to, where which is where I kind of agree with you. It doesn't feel like prior Bourbon era Trek shows, obviously, because it feels like it's closer to reality. It is not realistic. It's still, you know, light sci-fi in the sense that there is magical technology, but it is people who don't have answers people who don't have like you know the sort of level of extra support and just ability to do whatever
0: they want they have limitations temporal war aside i think a lot of the dilemmas that they've encountered uh feel a lot more accessible and the stakes have been consistently low which i like because you know it's it's not picard negotiating the the future of the neutral zone or uh, it's
1: it's archer trying to find the next fucking gas station
0: right yeah uh and i think that is important for season one just to kind of build the stakes and grow the world and also too when your meta plot through it is a fucking temporal cold war you got to offset that with stuff that'll keep um people feeling a little bit more connected so
1: so it's them going to planet olive garden and Trying to help uh, Yennefer figure out who's poisoning the well. How to overthrow
0: the local... Who's uh, poisoning the well? You know, that's, that's it. That's what that was about. Who, who's who, poisoning the who's well? Who's the uh, Captain Planet villain we gotta <laughs> <guess> <laughs> fight to get, to get you back on track? Um, but to the question that was posed to us specifically, is this a sci-fi show or is this an action show? Um, I, did, uh, I did a little breakdown... And I went, and then maybe you know you might get something different than me. But I, I rated on a three-point scale, with there being zero action, what I would consider low action, or what I would consider high action. And I want to say by the end, holy! This is the first
1: time I've seen a notebook in person. Oh, I know.
0: well, pretty soon you're going to be seeing some fucking stickers on this bitch. So. <laughs> so there's a little V your tease for you. Uh, 15 episodes I'd classify as high action, six I'd classify as low action, and four I would classify as no action. So based on those numbers, I think I would have to say that this is first and foremost, absolutely, uh, an action series. And I think, again, that would be more in line with the original Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that TOS is more of a horror, you know, like, uh, it's more, it's more the Twilight Zone with with a little bit more of a friendly edge to it which is funny because it was pitched as a you know a a wagon
0: yeah wagon trail
1: to the stars it's like more of a western Mm -hmm. and it does have that feel to it too but it's like a lot of terrible things happen in the original series over and over and over again people just get murked all the time sure yeah uh so i i think and i think it made sense at the time because of 60s and like the twilight zone and that sort of thing had a lot of purchase with with potential viewers but I would agree that this is much more action oriented than any Star Trek show that we've watched and not successfully, I think is probably my major judgment, is it it is uncomfortable wearing this other set of clothing. These are not people who are very good at producing action schlock, which they
0: apparently kind of want to do here. And I don't think they got... Actors who were good at portraying action. They, they got actors who were good looking. Yeah. They, but that's what that
1: that's it. They didn't get like. You know, there's a lot of reasons to cringe at Kevin Sorbo these days. But, you know, when Hercules, the, the legendary journeys was, you know, running, making the, the rounds in the 90s and syndication, it did action schlock better than this show. And it did it on a fraction of the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's because they knew how to deliver low-budget action schlock, and they did it. These are guys who are not used to that environment. They're used to a much more, well, Star Trek, plotting, careful, you know, cerebral type of show. It's not to say that things don't happen in Voyager and there aren't sure. action sequences, but, you know, you didn't get that many shitty gunfights. You know, you didn't, certainly Janeway was not suffering a head wound every three episodes.
0: Absolutely. Are you sure? <laughs> just off screen? Because her so behavior, much. I think, paints a different picture. Jane, Janeway got off screen head wounds. And and this is what explains it. She had a uh, shelf in her closet that was just at a bad angle. <laughs> and all her weird. real Swiss cheese crazy episodes when she was getting dressed, like she stood up too quick, cracked herself, and was basically coming in. But <laughs> um, I'm going to make a deal with the board. <laughs> <laughs> Bunk, I'm going to I'm going to break up with Space Mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's she might have hit her head twice on that one. Let's let's talk about one of our awards. All right. right? Let's 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 let's
1: unload uh the best episodes of the season. All right, cuz we've been a little
0: negative. So let's let's make it positive. Peter, what were your best episodes? It was not uh it was not easy to pick. And this is something that I was really belly aching on before um I, again, I, I got fancy with the, with the, the spreadsheet. I made a little, oh. see uh, there's all the oh episodes. Oh God, he's literally showing me the spreadsheet on his tablet. The spreadsheets. He does. Um, my rankings came up on this season. I did one great episode, nine good episodes, six meh episodes, four bads, five trashes. Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: a granular level of detail i did not go into this level of detail
0: well i had a little (laughs) bit of free time on my hands so what were your greats what was the top tier the greats Mm -hmm. you know which one it is: shockwave part one and i understand your criticisms on it but i and maybe if i sit there and like really focus in on you know what you were painting as the low points of uh, archer which i think once we broke down like the actual time codes archer wasn't Mopies for as long as as maybe you felt it was but just going, and that's interesting too, thinking back on these, even with my notes, like some stuff that I really didn't like initially based on my notes or even go back listening to the podcast, like I still somehow have like a much more favorable impression of it, and I don't know if that's just us busting the episode's balls and having fun. I think the real variable there is were we able to piece together? some cool what-if alternate version, and that's kind of like what's lingering as a taste. Right, like our rewrites often color our perceptions. But Shockwave, I came out of that episode like genuinely jazzed and engaged, and that is not a feeling that I really had um, that I could readily remember for anything else. But I will go with my best three episodes as uh, Shockwave Part 1, which is the only one I would consider great, The Andorian Incident, which... I was very hesitant on because there are lots of problems with that episode, specifically the action stuff. You know, speaking of bad action sequences.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, the, the whole last
0: bit, last five minutes is kind of rough. Not even that, but them just being held hostage. There were so many ways to resolve that situation. And again, the, one of the, the big smoking gun in that was Archer pulling so many punches and letting the Andorians get away with not, literal murder but just you know torture basically and all sorts of other shitty stuff without any clear reason as to why um so there's lots of problems in that episode there's lots of dumb shit in that episode um but in the end it was a great episode that did a lot of world building shran Uh, is just just holds the whole thing together you know it's not even shran it's just Finally seeing a dark side of the Vulcans. Yeah, and and like, and seeing the Andorians actually ever,
1: right? Like, this is this critical race in the formation of the Federation, and you've just never gotten background on who the fuck these people are. Right. they've They've been nothing but like occasional background actors, but now they have a civilization, and they have a personality, and there's characters from them that
0: you care about. My third pick was Fortunate Son, and that's the Space Trucker Justice, which I actually re-listened to the episode on that. And that one specifically is an example where we were able to write up some really cool what-if. Oh, yeah. Um, But kind of for the same reason as the Endorian incident. I think looking at the tab, not they're not not taboo, but they are effectively, these boomers are outcasts of Earth at this point, right? They they are rejecting Earth's ways, and they're not hostile, but it's, it's the other side of the coin. And I think... Seeing how they act does a big part to paint the picture of what Earth is, and it was just a really strong lore building episode. I like the guest star in it yeah uh, the the boomer culture parts of that were really cool to sort of
1: experience and understand and and see how it kind of flushes out the rest of the universe and that's why it's one among my top three, you know spoiler alert. I completely agree, and we certainly had our, our fun uh taking the shit out of tons the of weather. Fun. <laughs> like comparing him to this other boomer guy who's yes who's like you know I, if, as I recall the boomer guest star was just like a total theater actor and you could kind of
0: completely tell in terms of his performance no we actually accused mayweather of being a theater actor and like maybe that's why he talks the way he does and acts like his, Oh that's right yeah acting, mm-hmm. we we said the guest star uh I can't remember the fucking guy's name was surprise surprise uh, but he he wasn't great, but he was good, and even in being good, he just completely outclass. Yeah, Mayweather. was just acted him right off the screen. Whatever, and in the end, together. if you could have given me that guy, that character as Mayweather, mm-hmm. uh, I would have happily taken it. The chief of the boat from Sequest is what they. Well, that they would they? be the the ultimate. For him. I'm saying, yeah. I'd even just take this dude who's got you know baggage of Nosikins killing his parents or whatever. Just yeah. just something. Speaking of gritty, but my my top three. Our uh,
1: Andorian incident was my number one. I just, I'm a huge fan of Shran and I love the, every because that is a plot line that goes out through literally the entire rest of the show is the Andorians and Shran and their place in the whole tapestry of what ultimately is the beginning of the Federation. And because they start that in season one and like slowly continue to play it out all the way to the end, you know, when there is a resolution that you kind of expect, given you sure. kind of know the history of right. what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's really neat how, even you know how this ends, but it, they still leave you with tons of space to be able to experience what's going on and uncertainty, and and, and there's development of characters and and even, like, understand the, the background of Andoria and Vulcan and why are they in conflict and what's behind all of that. And that was the origin point of that. and It is probably the best story that enterprise ends up telling right over four seasons and so
0: that's why i really like and, it. and all of that's the antithesis of voyager even voyager yeah. which did clearly have a meta plot and that was to get home uh things that touched continuity were far and few between and that is has been the saving grace for me on enterprise season one is that there has been so much callback already and, and so much um uh, reuse of material and concepts in good ways throughout these shows to, even uh, you know, Archer's water polo bag. Right. And then it was like this branded for this regional championship he mm-hmm. went to at some point,
1: probably like 10 years ago. And he still has the bag. Just such a normal thing. And it's right. such a cool detail to make sure you put in because someone, someone's lived, you know, lived some life. And it's like, this is what this person would do. What's your third? Uh, So I guess my only difference, because I also put Fortunate
0: mm-hmm.
1: Son, uh, was I put in Broken Bow. I thought Broken Bow was the best Star Trek pilot before Strange New Worlds. And Which is a,
0: such a low bar.
1: Yeah, low bar, but it clears it easily. It sets the tone for the whole show. It it does a lot to, like, establish the the world that you're in. It gives it an interesting adventure. They do a lot. It's got the best effects of the season by far. Well, it's got all the effects. It's, yeah, they spent all the money on it. Um, You know, the the It's unfortunate some of the things they do in the episode, they don't really fully develop throughout the course of the season. Like when Hoshi is trying to figure out how to speak Klingon and like the computer doesn't know how to speak Klingon. And she's like trying to translate in real time and and use her language genius. And then as the season goes on, it's like more and more there is a universal translator and it works, you know,
0: and they kind of abandon that as a plot line. But in Broken Bow, it's actually a a critical part of what's going on we're just sitting here praising enterprise for keeping so many things going. I get why they backed off the universe translator thing fast because nobody wants, I don't understand what you're saying gets old quick. It's super realistic. It's appropriate. It should have been in there, but it's not good TV and I don't miss it. I do like that. They at least respected their continuity enough that they
1: didn't abandon it without comment. Sure. Yeah. You, you had a sequence of events where you it saw it. It got better. You know, and it's like, okay, so that's why we're not doing this anymore. Cool. That's enough. I like, I get that that's what you did. But anyway, Broken Bow, I thought, was this a very good pilot for what is like a thesis statement for Enterprise and maybe the most, it might not be the most exciting and interesting episode of the season, but it was the most competent from beginning to end.
0: It felt like an episode of Star Trek. (laughs) It did not feel like an action adventure show. And, and there was yet heavy action adventure in there because you can be a great sci. I, th- I would say that a core tenet of good sci fi is strong action and adventure, at least sci fi. I like certainly sci fi out there that's boring and they never, you know, point a gun at anybody. But it shows that when you cover the science side, the sci fi side, well, the action can play in well without oversaturating it um po- points off of the grease scene though like i mean that's what i was going to get to is yeah. every time i think about broken bow it, it falls back to this her 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 booby scene and it just it taints the whole fucking thing
1: well speaking of that because it is something that our 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 fans brought up and it can serve as a a perfect segue and that is uh talking about the sexual object objectification award oh of, the yes, season. of course so, as we noted throughout our conversation over the last twenty six weeks, as we reviewed this the show, um, how crazy is it that Tank Girl was in there somewhere? <laughs> Tank Girl preceded all of this. Well, no, no, you're right. When we did our like initial batch before we started publishing,
0: we did Tank Girl in there. Didn't I keep we? going through my notes like trying to, and then Tank Girl keeps popping. up. should really up, and Every to time it. I see Tank Girl, I I I cringe. I
1: oh man. It's an unbelievable experience to listen to us talk about Tank Girl. I'm not ready for it. this is. Just, I mean, I. It is on our Patreon, but I actually caution everyone. Like that.
0: That is for that is to be digested only when you're ready spiritually. Yeah, Take your, uh Malcolm Mcdowell in the form of generations.
1: Yes, you'll anything. hear that. We'll we'll put that out to the public. But, um, the the show's horny as shit. I don't know how else to put it. Like the show has got a raging middle aged mm-hmm. boner
0: and to an ugly fault yeah and uh, i'm not trying to be we're not prudes we're not like trying to to be woke or yeah yeah. that's not
1: not our personality i think everyone knows that we're not that kind of like in that lane i love boobs yeah i love love porn
0: i watch a lot of porn
1: but there's a there's a there's a level of just like blatant exploitation for the sake of it in this that just comes off as gross and pointless too yeah
0: and it takes away from what you're watching it sabotages it and and broken bow was you know the most gratuitous example of that i think but uh for the sexual objectification award for me i actually didn't even consider broken Bow. i think that was that was so bad it was just off the fucking scale and i do think to a certain level they never really at least to this point no, because they were in that fucking decon. Well, even the last time they are in the decontamination chamber with Hoshi, it wasn't to the point where it was where they're like rubbing- Yeah, they the, were all in their underwear but they were just sitting there. The silk stocking, soft blue indirect light, like whatever. I'm giving my objectification award to that piece of shit acquisition <laughs> where Tapal has her own concussion by banging her head into a shelf where- She's willing to put up with this Ferengi nonsense is passive through it knows that other female crew members are being like basically enslaved and sold off. Or, you know, that's what the plan is. Uh, and plays along with it, like leans into the being the, the sexy honeypot, the earlobe jack off scene.
1: Yeah. Literally, uh, a Ferengi masturbating, uh, you know, um, at Jeffrey Combs' character. Yeah.
0: It was an awful episode. It was a terrible scene. And uh, that, I think that gets the biggest WTF where they thinking for me.
1: I think you're wrong. I think there's one that you've forgotten. Maybe you've put it out of your brain. I'll never put Voxola out on my brain. Oh, no. Actually, not even Voxola. Gosh. That says uh, the pathology of Voxola <laughs> requires academic papers to unpack, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about The Shadow of Pajam. And the archer's face going right into fucking Tapal's tits. <sighs> like, I don't. Everything else that is like questionable in regards to the sexualization of this show is nothing compared to let's do a gag where the captain buries his face into Tapal's tits on
0: accident. Physics be damned. Yeah, it doesn't the, matter if this makes He's so sense. much taller. The fact that they were knee to knee. Belly to belly with ropes around him. And then he falls forward and she magically slides up hot. It's awful. Um, That was more of a her, her, her moment to me. Not like a, I'm going to go home and beat off to this moment where I think. It's a fetish for someone, Peter. uh, Yeah. The sad (laughs) thing is neither of us are wrong. Yeah. I do want to say Shadows of a Gem. uh, I did consider pretty heavily for one of my top three. Uh, Yeah, it's
1: another one that had a lot of cool stuff going on in regards to background in, in
0: the vulcans and I loved the andorians being so in the vulcans shit that they had like cultivated relationships with acquaintances of the vulcans to try to undermine the vulcans yeah and like the rebels of the governments that the vulcans were friendly with
1: mm-hmm. is what the andorians were friendly with you know like if the if the Legitimate government of a planet is in the Vulcan's pocket than the Andorians the, are there. Yeah, the the criminal rabble rousers are the Andorians' friends. You know, yeah. like yeah. Uh,
0: all right, so that's our objectification award. Like you said, there's all, there's both winners, but we're also all losers <laughs> on that award. Where does it when we get into season two, three, four? I mean, is that shit still going on? Do they do they grow out of it or yeah, grow out of it? um yeah season four isn't really they don't have time
1: i mean they just they it's very tight i don't really recall any in season four um season i will say there's definitely some sexy time shit in season three in fact some pretty the most explicit that the i think the show gets is in season three but it is in service to plot like shit's going on and like related to what's going on it's not for the sake of doing it um So, they definitely at least maintain it through that season four. I think that's probably when they finally give it up. Real quick, I want to flip back over to our
0: top three picks because something that I thought was interesting was looking at where this show is after their first season and comparing it to Voyager. Yeah. So, uh, we already put our top three on there. Can you pull it up? Yeah, sure. Um, Oh, it was a small one. So, for we didn't do top three episodes. We just did top episode when we were discussing Voyager season one, but uh, your pick. Well, my pick was Prime Factors, which I still stand by. And again, I understand the shortcomings, but that, that's always that's the Vlad Goldblum and the Skeevians, like just a great rework of the traditional. Federation being the superior technology, and at this time Voyager was at a disadvantage, and and it was. It's a plan. good episode. I didn't
1: rank it as my best just because I was in love with the structure of "Eye of the Needle." Right, I just like the juxtaposition of Janeway and um, Kim and Tuvok and Bolana and how they how they see the circumstances mm-hmm. and how they flip was so particularly well written and executed that that is why it was my favorite because that kind of like grace when it comes to the writing of the show is not common no and that's why
0: it stuck out but prime factors was still very good so my question to you is uh where would you put your top pick from season one of voyager versus what enterprise was able to produce on your top three well i'd have to
1: take a closer look at all the episodes of season one but off the top of my head I always think
0: of Chitrell as sort of like a midpoint of season one. No, no, one. I'm saying taking Eye of the Needle from season one of Voyager yeah. and putting it up against your season one picks. Oh, Enterprise. crush them all. Like, not, not even close. I would not put the best
1: episode of Enterprise against the, of season one versus the, first, the best episode of season one of Voyager ever. Like, Eye of the Needle is genuinely good television, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't even put it up against Prime Factors. Really? Yeah,
0: I'd say Prime Factors is way better than any of the three I picked. Wow, because I was about to say, like, I again, Prime Factors had some hope. I don't, you know what? I think I, I I'm going to agree with your stance. Tuvok
1: gets involved in a mutiny
0: <laughs> with Seska against the captain. I know it's the stuff dreams are made of. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, Shockwave being my top pick. There, there's nothing else I'm seeing on my good list. It, Voyager had way more ugly parts than uh, Enterprise did, but Enterprise wasn't able to, to break past. And speaking of that, let's take a closer look at some of these valleys. Yeah, yeah. So this is the fun part. One of the <laughs> worst episodes I've seen. I'm going to go first
1: on this. Okay. Okay. Number one with a bullet. Acquisition. <gasps> I know. It's a shock. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Listen. That was some rancid fucking television. Alright? <laughs> it was it's it like whose idea was this? You know, it it didn't work as comedy, it didn't work as a show with stakes, it didn't work in continuity. Didn't work with common sense. And then they 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 waste amazing guest star talent. Mm. They pull in Ethan Phillips. Like, close
0: personal friend of
1: mine per, yeah like co- close personal friend of the pod ethan phillips yeah you know they they bring in their like je- their secret sauce jeffrey combs they already used twice in the season
0: throw him in fucking a bunch of fucking ferengi makeup and then maybe he showed up late to work a couple of days and they're like this was his punishment <laughs> like oh am i going in to be shran again is that it no maybe no. Ethan Phillips, like they just wanted to make sure he'd never want anything to do with star Trek again. So they brought him on this one to burn him out. Yeah. I wonder if Ethan Phillips does page, uh, cameos. And if we could pay for a cameo for him to actually talk about his experience on that, and if, looking back now, free of whatever contractual <laughs> obligations he had to star log to like say nice things. If he'd be willing to MF that. Episode <laughs> as well. Now that you're in the clear and here's, <laughs> here's a here's hundred bucks or whatever it's going to cost Now that us. you've ascended to better call Saul, uh, status tell us about that uh yeah acquisition w- w- what do you need to say that we haven't already said yeah if there was any doubt as to why acquisition would be on the worst three episode list then you need to go back and, and listen to uh that episode and we will tell you in excruciating detail what the fuck is wrong with that piece of shit i also hated terra nova fuck you <laughs>
1: You're gonna fuck you me over, Terra Nova. Terra Nova, I actually put on a uh, my good list. As a person who hates episodes where people talk funny, I, I know
0: that I am shocked that you have you've given such grace to this episode. Will you tell me what you didn't like first, or why you're why you thought it was bad enough that you're putting on the worst three list? <sighs> it's there's okay. I am not a fan
1: of episodes where they spend the majority of their time in a bunch of fucking dirty caves. That's not fun for me. Like get s- spoiler alert my next one's strange new world, right? <laughs> like another episode that's spent with a lot of time just like hanging out in caves yelling at each other. I I, I don't find that interesting. I don't find that fun. I just thought the the concept that these children, were suddenly reverted to cavemen immediately and the course of not exactly a very long time seemed a little fucking wild that no one ever
0: sent the fucking Vulcans or anyone to go check out I them. thought that was one of the best parts of the episode is that earth was shitty Like the idea that they would be shitty with
1: lives on the line, especially children, I just seems so petty. It's beyond reason. It's one thing to be shitty when there's no stakes, sure, but it's different when there's like people will die if I don't get over my ego and ask the Vulcans to go
0: check on what the real shame of Terra Nova is that they didn't ever, or up to this point, and we make it seem they never will show what is the terrible price that vulcans extract from earth in return for uh, favors because that, that is super high stakes what was going on there initially and i agree with everything you're saying that it should have been done and i have to wonder what did what did vulcan want right what's 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 the
1: what's the iron price that's so the difficult iron. to pay mm-hmm. now I, I i would love to know but because we don't know it's a bunch of submachine guns and cave songs. It's J.J. And, and dirt. Rock. Yeah. And it's, it's Fraggle rock and I'm not, in, I'm not into
0: it. I liked it from a world building standpoint. I actually put this as one of the good episodes and I stand by it. Um, yeah. A big chunk of the episodes, crappy or whatever, but I like that it was low stakes, but still a big fucking deal. It was earth rectifying its own mistakes. Yeah. Um, and you're a big fan of friendship is magic being the
1: the way the episode ends. Obviously, you love that stuff. Friendship is magic. Yeah, remember at the end he's got to like help save the guy by like moving the fucking tree oh, trunk, shooting the
0: tree off. Well, you know, give me my gun back. I that I must... part's lame, but you know them relocating instead of putting it out. And and this is another episode that I will say is absolutely contaminated by us sitting there and brainstorming how to do it better. I think had they made that an ultra militant like technologically advanced outposts that they had to like patch up as a forward operating base and like get good space get phaser technology Mm -hmm. a a million and one ways that could have been better but as it was for being a basic asset enterprise episode they needed to
1: be some like fallout 4 style survivalists with like hypertech that they have developed to fend off like raiders and shit any way they would have done it would have been better than the mud people but well, they didn't mud people, so it's in my three worst. And then my last on my list is Strange New World, because this is an episode that is entirely exists because Archer decided that safety is for losers, and we're just going to beam down, or not beam down, they are going to just take shuttlecraft down on this planet. With uh, my dog. Yeah, with my dog. And uh, it's going <laughs> to pee on things. Go, you I know, hope there's no like, you know, loincloth wearers We've wearers. to have an exception to that. Mm-hmm. And uh hopefully we won't all you know get high as shit on hallucinogens and try and kill each other oops and then you know a guy gets beamed back and his fucking he's got a brain bruise now because there's like sticks in there yeah that's why it's a good episode <laughs>
0: like that's a- literally a- it
1: that's like that is the only thing that happens in the episodes that's interesting is that like beaming someone's hazardous and that like helps explain why they're stuck down there like that's clever everything else is like this is only happening because archer took very salient safety
0: advice from his first officer and was like YOLO <laughs> YOLO. Uh I, I have I have good memories from it. I put it as a good episode. Um, it was a the classic away team blunder. I think there would have been We came up with a great from- title. The away team fiber. Yeah. Reaper <laughs> Madness. I would have liked to see there be lingering effects of people second guessing archer's away team policies. And just people like man, remember, you know, sent us down to Continuity would've helped. LSD like, Planet LSD. Like,
1: it would would if it mattered long term, it's it's a different story. I agree.
0: But it doesn't. So. I also liked watching Mayweather get pinched on the neck.
1: Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, what's
0: your three <laughs> worst then? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh obviously acquisition. Sure. I'm gonna go with that piece of shit Shuttle Pod one. Go fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> you mean
1: a lovely stage play? You know, of, of two men trying to work their way through a traumatic situation and fucking miserable, and it finding was finding
0: commonality in, in their their struggle. The first uh, real entry into uh, Reed sucks ass. It's like the only episode I actually liked Reed in. You got bad taste. I don't want to tell
1: Because Reed is going through all of these emotions and you find out like
0: he's a fucking ladies' man and all this other stuff. He fucked the girl that tripped. He Trip said liked. he's ladies' man, but then we see how he acts on Ryza and he might be something quite different. Um yeah, Shuttle One Pod 1. It as much as you don't like being uh in the, the caves, I don't like being stuck in a flying fucking bunk bed and and watching those two get on my nerves. Uh, the third one I went with was desert crossing and the real nail in the coffin for desert crossing for me is that for whatever potential there was in that episode, instead over half of it was the shitty desert survival adventure. That was just literally a drag. The first half of
1: that episode saves it from the bottom for me. The first half, there's a lot. You talk about
0: the, uh, the the shirtless lacrosse game, obviously. I love I love it when when Trip takes his shirt. I hate it when it's to Paul walking around greasy with hard nipples. But when it's Archer the bear and uh, <laughs> and, and greasy trip, trip, yeah, Trip that that Adonis, that
1: Florida Adonis, <laughs> that tanned man, you know, from a lot of time in Fort Lauderdale or whatever. <laughs> but uh, that first half of that episode when they're dealing with you know somebody who's heard stories about them from their own exploits about how cool they are there's about cool stuff shit. in there
0: I, I, clancy brown was a big point of contention for me i, I didn't like his portrayal in that but it's, it's not even clancy brown's goofy arab caricature it's it's just the fucking desert drag uh and let's go ahead and flip that on its side now voyager we did worst episodes i think, but. I, I grabbed a couple off our notes and going through Voyager. I see that uh, time and again, which was the candy cord tragedy, right? Oh, That's the one yeah, where, God where uh, Janeway shoots the, the problem with the fa- with the, the temporal anomaly with the phaser and kills it and everything's fine. After they spend the entire episode building that it is Kess that somehow Kess kind of is Jedi it. powers. Right. Yeah, uh, Ex post facto, which is, like a drill going through the fucking temple. (laughs) The beginning of Detective Tuvok is the death of creativity. Uh, A hokey plot that is so convoluted that Starfleet was not at all required. Using the fantastic technology of these people to smuggle information off. Emanation. I put emanations. I know you love emanations. So let's not shit on that one too hard. And then, of course, the fucking cloud.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind which of was a, put a... Get a little pee out. It, it was uh, an episode of no A plot, but a lot of F plots. <laughs> like Multiple F plots. Mm-hmm. Is anything off of what we have listed in our bottom three, did any of them manage to even get worse than any of the ones we just described? I'll take emanations off. I, I, I will be benevolent. I'll just remove emanations because there was a disagreement on
1: that. Okay, fair enough. I would say that uh, Acquisition is easily in, in the mix with those, but I will say that Voyager's worst episodes of Season 1 are, to me, manifestly worse as a unit than the worst
0: episodes of Season 1 of Enterprise. Acquisition is some potent rancid trash. Um, I would still say it's
1: fourth worst.
0: Personally, i would say that even it's though, in the mix but it's fourth worst even though it was fucking rat piss it didn't drag yeah it didn't it didn't i wasn't clawing my eyes out trying to fast forward the like cursing that i can't watch these fucking episodes at a, at a faster rate
1: uh but can you do that on paramount plus uh i haven't tried there is the skip ten
0: seconds, which I sometimes liberally touch. Uh, well, I mean, you've already been there, but like, if I could watch some of like the fucking duds at like one point five, that would be probably cool. can. Well, I mean, I can. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I I pay ten dollars a month for the privilege, sir. Rube. Um, probably, but I don't think. God, ex post facto and and ex post facto specifically, uh, just a, a miserable waste of time. So. Again, Enterprise not punching higher than its weight class, but also not-, not punching lower. Like Acquisition was the worst
1: episode of the season. It's a consensus pick on our part. And I would watch that again before I'd watch any three of those episodes you mentioned after eliminating it. Real animations. quick,
0: I want to touch base on this just because I, I, I did put the work in there. my bads were unexpected, which was the baby episode. And that was the first bad episode I'd say we watched of, of Voyager. Of uh enterprise breaking the ice which was just who cares and slow and stupid. Yeah. agreed. Um civilization which was olive garden.
1: Yeah, I to, to clarify, I liked the pre- I liked a lot of the things they set up in unexpected it just kind of like fell off. Well, the execution just, the, the execution was there. wasn't there. And I I thought civilization was great in this like the guest star. Like Jennifer of the Olive Garden was actually really cool. Yeah. And that the fact that it was a fucking Captain Planet episode, otherwise like a was clownish kind of, Captain Planet episode. Yeah, with a terrible gunfight at the end where they the just first of up. many bad Yeah. But like Planet Olive Garden
0: and Yennefer was like definitely saved that from the gutter for sure. I also put detained as a bad Dean Stockwell was good, but it was just there's too much wrong with that episode. It's too much of a message episode. It's yeah, just well, too much like too Japanese internment is bad. And and just being dumb. Uh especially Again, you can go back and listen to us go on it, but, but the, the trash episodes I had, Rogue Planet, Acquisition, Desert Crossing, and then I got Voxola on there, which we haven't really talked about. yet. Okay, any. before we
1: talk, because we,
0: we've already been talking for like listen, close I to drove, an hour.
1: I drove two hours. <laughs> I know, but like, but, you know, we might talk an hour again about
0: Voxola. So before we get into that. It's I, so you, bad that the dial has clicked over 10 and it has found a place to go to 11. Rogue Planet is an interesting episode in in the, the texture of Season 1.
1: Because we haven't talked about it yet. I don't think it's any... We, we were not in love with it. No. But we also didn't hate it. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I did not hate it. I mean, you put it on your worst list. Right. So it was definitely like your lower strata, right? It was not painful to watch. It's painful to go back and think about. Yeah, like... It, it it had the sort of things
1: that a Star Trek episode has. Yes. Like, here's a weird planet. Here's some aliens who are doing things there. We're going to have the crew interact with it. And there's going to be another like layer to it. And they're, you know, they're going to have to unravel the space mystery. It's all there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yet, it definitely didn't work. Right? Like, it just I, didn't come together. What I didn't like about Rogue Planet was the... I felt like it was the writers trying to manipulate me into something. Yeah. Like they were like, wanted you, it was like, again, it was too much message. It like
1: was preachy and trophy it... hunting is bad, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what they were trying to tell you. Like, uh, okay, nah, I... but you didn't, you set these guys up as so reasonable. I can't, that was the, I think what was weird. And, and, and the, this is us. This is an interesting. Too deep. This is us. This is an interesting thing that you and I do, and not just about enterprise, but about Star Trek in general. We tend to see the jackbooted thugs as very reasonable, right? Like, are we the baddies? Are we like, and and maybe that's because we have more real politic views of the world mm-hmm. because that's our personalities and why we're friends anyway. Sure, but. You know, when they set up the big game hunters, they made it clear, like, this is something we we hunt sustainably. There's only a certain amount of times we can, you know, days we can be here. It's, like, religious, like, journey for our people to be here to, like, honor our ancestors. Like, they've given a sort of, like, almost Native American-style sort of, like, pitch to it.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. so you're like, well, you, you, you do all of that, and then you try to tell me they're bad at the end? Like, yeah, uh, You did a lot to try and convince me these guys were pretty reasonable and they act reasonable and they're pretty like gracious to the Starfleet crew. That's in her
0: like kind of fucking with their hunt. The more we talked about it, the more I saw the behavior of the wraith as uh, instinctual and in that it wasn't maybe the sentience wasn't there and that there were defense mechanisms or just a hallucinogenic angle that Archer was, was playing himself like a fool. Um, but that episode didn't feel like it worked
1: because the episode tried to convince us of the things it told us was wrong. And I was like, I don't know. These yeah. hunters are fine. Like they're not the bad guys that you're trying to make. They are the bad
0: them. guys. They'd be dead by the end.
1: Yeah, or they would have done something more clearly villainous, which they sure. never do.
0: No. Voxola, Peter. Uh, Voxola <laughs> just gets so bad that it just turns into trans. Like it transcends yeah. into the room. Yeah, and the fact that it's and this this is you know let's jump up here uh, the your the best episode directed by a Star Trek alumni. <laughs> it was Roxanne Dawson, and I think this was her inaugural uh, episode to direct. To fucking saddle somebody with the Bukaki episode is such raw hazing, <laughs> spite and misery, or uh, or maybe I, maybe. Roxanne Dawson got the script and said, this is going to be a cum monster. I know that this they want it to be like uh, black and like no. blue. Yeah, I'm going to make this This is going to be fucking jizz. And this is going to be uh, a message episode about Hollywood. And <laughs> if once you get involved in Hollywood, you're, you're just trapped in cum. And, cum. and everybody's dirty. Everybody hates it. And you lose your own sense of identity. And now you're a part of this thing that you never want anything to do with. And there's just jizz all in your hair. And it's terrible. I just, I will never escape from the image of her with a monitor
1: that's in memory alpha, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's directing it. Yeah. She's got her fucking cans no, on. Put it
0: in his eye. Right more here. More in his eye. Yeah. I used to, I used to fucking hate quantum leap my boyfriend would always make me watch it. Yeah, no, put it more in Scott's eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, she's in the, mo- she's in the monitor. She's looking at Bacula and the monitor. Is like more come. This requires more. <laughs> I need, I need, I need it thicker. All right. I need it frothier. All right. Get, get, get the props guy. Get the props guy in here. I need frothier. I need, I need more bubbles in my cub.
0: And she got him. She did. Again, the amazing part of Vox Solo is that I had never seen a screenshot or heard anything about that prior to watching. It was completely, uh, I was completely virgin to that. I, I had
1: like vaguely remembered there was like a monster, and I'm like, I don't really remember this one very well. I can't wait. We'll watch it again, and I'm like,
0: the the come, it's come. It's an awful this episode, but it's a must watch. It is, it is. the room. It Tommy is the room. Y, it, it was the touch of Tommy Wise out. It is. I think the room
1: comparison makes sense because so, something can be so bad it no longer is bad, mm-hmm. and and, it, and it, it, that's just a sort of. Transcendent state and Vox Sola, maybe the only episode of Star Trek I ever watched that that reached that. Like, even Threshold in its maddening last five minutes does not reach the 45 minutes of nonstop come action is, yeah. Yeah. as Vox
0: Yeah. And also, too, I mean, oh, you, you limited hooks. Threshold was pretty legit great sci fi. And, uh, you know, going back to that real quick, like, I think that's Vox might be the farthest. Into fringe sci fi that season one got. Like, yeah, the temporal wars there, but like in terms of like alien, ridiculous, complicated stuff like Vox Sola, uh, I think really is the the. Peck to horse fields and all this
1: other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a
0: yeah. lot that happens yeah. there. And to think, Joe, you thought, <laughs> you told me before we watched Terra Nova, or the, after we watched Terra Nova, that you thought that was as bad of a season as we. Did. Listen, that was still my bottom three. Yeah, well, not mine. My-
1: there is one uh, um, award suggested by our colleagues in, in the uh, trauma support group, and I want to uh, honor that request, and that is the Change of the Heart Award. Very so, fitting. So you you sang. You sang the
0: song. I go You have my... never
1: sung before. No, that was no, a new no. experience for both of us.
0: I brought everybody into my
1: shower. You <laughs> did, and we were grateful to be there. But it led to a a trope that we saw developing, which is
0: Archer's change of heart. No, man, the the trope was there before because we did because uh, it was Dear Doctor. It where you was Dear sang Doctor? It. Um, yeah. but I mean, there were plenty of examples on the table already. Uh, my change of heart award was Archer suddenly not wanting to drop into places uninvited because in uh, the fight or flight, he's like, "No, we're going to go to this fucking." Uh, we're, we're hailing this transport. They're not responding for all intents and purposes. They want nothing to do with us. Dock the ship, maybe blow the fucking hatch off. And we're going to say hello to these people, whether they like it or not, we're going to shake their goddamn hands. Cause that's what we do. We're Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, to all of a sudden, by the time we get to the Andorian incident, Oh, well, I'd like to swing by and see the super civilized, you know, nice uh, Buddhist temple you guys have, but I don't want to show up unannounced and, you know, be rude or anything. Well, he was very
1: wanting to go down and do it and kind of forced Paul into facilitating it, but did honor the rules of going to visit. I think that's like close enough. You know, that's close enough for government work.
0: Actually, you know, and I forgot I had a second entry in here. I was Archer cooperating with the Andorians, strong arming him into, uh, you know, basically betraying the Vulcans, Right. And you want to say, and of course, the, the, the counter to that is uh, his behavior in detention when uh, Colonel Grotz like, hey, we should exchange information about these space terrorists. And he goes, no, I don't cooperate. I don't like people strong army and things. And like literally the Andorians just beating the fuck out of him, repeatedly demanding that he give up information he doesn't have. And he gets like, not Stockholm, but like just real cooperative, nice and easygoing with these dudes. Obviously, in the end, that's the right move, and that paid off, but just real flip-flop nature on him. What's yours?
1: Uh, when he goes back and forth in the, uh, was it Living Hero? Uh, Fallen Hero. Mm-hmm. Fallen Hero. So like Data's mom. Yeah, Data's mom. Uh, I don't want to help. Okay, I'll help.
0: Okay, we'll take her home. Okay, let's go back and give her back. Okay, let's go back to the Vulcan ship. Let's waste a ton of fucking time when we know dudes are going for
1: us. <laughs> he flip-flops four different times on two different plot points in that fucking episode, and that's what actually causes the crisis at the la- at the end. Yeah, that that re- that re- necessitates cost that MRI imaging chamber. Its door and exactly. That's expensive. It's an expensive door. My goodness, those machines are not cheap. That's what I'm saying. Is Archer made of MRI machines? I don't think so. So uh, one award we give out every season, but we've already discussed what it's going to be. You know what it's going to be. You know, and, and it's time this. to give it its due.
0: Okay.
1: Because I I mentioned, and I, I would like to hold to this, that after we have this discussion, we oh, have God. to Fuck let you. it go. <laughs> we have to let it go. We cannot spend the next years of our life bringing up this moment
0: in, in Star Trek Enterprise. And- I will reduce the frequency that I cite, dear doctor, but I, I, I think about that. I, I got mad in the car all over. Like, how could... Eh. If I saw my daughter dying before my eyes and I found out this motherfucker that I had, like, the, the there was a fan theory that the uh, Breen these dudes in suits. Like yeah, I it turned least, into the brain. Yeah. I haven't seen, cause that's a deep space nine thing. Correct. There's a little yeah. TOS in there. Maybe no, it's all deep space nine. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but like, yeah, like being turned into this Mr. Freeze or what's a, oh, a mass effect dude that Tali was. Oh, um, holy shit. How do I not know this? Whatever, man. If, if I found out that somebody <laughs> could have saved millions, billions of lives, whatever, and just didn't arbitrarily, uh, yeah, I would fucking hunt that guy down and and (laughs) gut him. Like, unforgivable. Uh,
1: It's the weakest shit of season one of Enterprise. Hands down. Cannot be anything except when, for the flintiest and stupidest and least developed reasons possible, the reason literally is there's nothing to govern the way we act. Dr. Phlox manages to convince Archer to allow hundreds of millions of innocent uh, uh, Mr. Rogers sweater wearing aliens. Who the most
0: are reasonable aliens they have ever met in the solar system
1: uh, to or in di- the, the galaxy. To allow them to suffer and slowly die out as a species. And give them a consolation prize of heroin despite having cured their disease while in orbit and not share that information with them
0: do you think he reported to admiral Forrest like this is what happened this is the truth and really we could very easily just go back there and say look
1: i think that that is where you have to let it go Right? Like, this is why I actually agree. Like, I'm I'm semi-serious in talking about you have to let it go, because the, ser- the the actual answer to that is you would have reported it, and then Admiral Forrest would have been like, are you fucking crazy? Go back there and give those people that fucking medicine. Yeah. Like, this... The, the logic of this episode does not stand up to a moment's moral reasoning. Not one second. Not moral reasoning, not common sense. Nothing.
0: Like, if your Earth... It is the antithesis of the mission they are on. Yes. Like,
1: if if, there is zero reason to accept this as a logical thing to do if you're in Archer's position, okay? Let's put Phlox aside for a second, because Phlox is an alien with different kinds of medical ethics, okay? So maybe he's got this, like, dyed-in-the-wool appreciation for... He's
0: not a part of the structure that has paid for this ship to go out there and be doing this stuff.
1: He is but a man,
0: and he's an
1: alien, and he has a different way of looking at the universe. Let's accept that for a moment. Archer has every reason to do this as a captain of the lead diplomatic vessel of earth's exploration into the stars he has every reason to do this and if he were to report this information back to his superior he would no doubt order him to be like turn your ship around go back there and give those poor people the fucking you know more and also
0: too we are going to have allies for life yeah and if it's not us giving them if you were able to whip up this fucking cure, fifteen minutes up in space over this planet, everybody else can. And I would rather them be our friends than them be our enemies. And God forbid if this information ever got out that you withheld it. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? These
1: people are going to they're be stones throw buddies. away
0: from warp travel already. Yeah,
1: they're almost there. We can stop by. They can be a fool. St- they're going to be fucking forever grateful for our asses. Sure, yeah. I mean, like, of course you would do this. It's not only morally correct; it's like strategically and diplomatically everything. correct.
0: So, yeah, I, I get it. it. It's just it's bad writing and yeah, point it's blank. It is terrible. It's worse writing than acquisition, which was just rancid. It's not the worst episode of the season because the episode itself, the is episode action. itself, is great, and that's the real Fucking war. Fantastic. Crime. The, the everything else and dear doctor, I put as a good episode. Yeah, Minus I would say it's this a good episode. Fucking too. fatal flaw. In, whatever you want to say bad about uh, Threshold and the last five minutes being maddening in that, this completely fucking laps. This is well beyond even what happened in uh, Jetrol in terms of the weakest shit. Yeah, this dethrones Jetrol as the ultimate weakest shit. This
1: is a piece of writing that does not stand up to even the most basic reasoning like how did this get through the writer's <laughs> this
0: room this tv show can't give me a bad guy i can sink my teeth into for the life of it even fucking Silic, i think is charming and personable and is probably an okay dude you know the fucking uh space sticks guys colonel rod all these guys that are supposed to be the fucking bad guys and the biggest bad guys in the entire sea even the fucking spider people draining juices The 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 biggest fucking criminal bad guys of season one enterprise is Flox and fucking archer that's why it's the weakest shit that's (laughs) that that defines it right there so we're talking about characters let's uh let's wrap this up with uh your best character for this season it's shram (laughs) i'm gonna say it first it's shram it's not even close i'm sitting there and i'm like scratching my head and i'm thinking i'm like well Flox has been pretty solid but uh dear doctor and he's a, a motherfucker And even that, I mean, Phlox isn't the bad guy in that episode because he is there to represent an alien, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Hoshi's kind of this potted plant. Uh, Reed, I'll get into later, along with Mayweather. (laughs) Trip pissed me off more times than I was expecting. Archer, uh, whatever, and Tapal doesn't take enough agency for herself. Yeah, the best character, Shran. (laughs)
1: Not, not even close.
0: He's in enough that uh, he makes an impact. I know he's going to be around more. He knows what he's about, and he does it. And
1: uh, he's got he has a well. fucking
0: personality
1: to him. He's got a fucking mission to him. He, he, like he, everything about him exudes his personality. Like comes
0: just like this guy's super militant and aggressive. And I'm going to. He's but he, the strongest part of Shadows of Pajem. Like that is the real fun part of the episode for me. Is that he doesn't want to help. The humans, but he's got this own code of conduct. He he's, he's too honorable to admit that he owes these people. And he has so to yeah. get the tricorder back. Yeah. He's
1: got to make sure that he pays this debt or he's not so going to be able sleep well. Sleep so, well. Yeah. I like that. If I were to pick an actual, like, cast member for Horthos, this award. Porthos, obviously. Yeah. Porthos yeah, I mean, was my first A beagle pick that, that doesn't bark all the time? That's wow. definitely. Like, That's also someone. No, but it'd be Flox. That's your real fringe science there. Flox <laughs> would be my most. Would be my favorite character and yeah. because there's he's again he's interesting he's there's he's he has a personality to him he's you know you're, you he's different and you get to find out how his and why. quirks are fun like it's, his little yeah.
0: eating uh scenes where he's like stealing celery off uh, to Paul's plate his right?
1: relationship with Crum and Cutler you know like yeah I thought, thought that was all interesting but yeah um let's go to a more Vidor please. The entertaining topic
0: was the worst. What's the worst character of? of it season? should be Mayweather, because I dread any time I have to watch this guy fucking move his mouth on screen. Uh, but thankfully, the show pushes him into the background heavily and limits exposure to him. And and I would say any more anytime I'm seeing him. He's actually got a really good chance of getting hurt because it was him that twisted his leg in the, the asteroid episode, right? Yeah, and he also got hurt in two days, two nights. I'm going to tell you right now, it, for for as much as Archer got his ass kicked as reparations for how much Tors and Tuvok fucking took it on the chin, like, I'm still noticing the black dudes getting beat up. <laughs> um, but I, I, the worst character for me is Reed. Starting with Shuttlepod 1, um, he was uh, painting the picture of him was interesting in uh, what was it it's the what's the pineapple cake? Oh, uh, silence! Yeah, because it's the episode where like the 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 butt probe aliens are like going yeah, to kill the, them
1: I, all, but Hoshi oh, has to find out what kind of cake.
0: And he that's likes. what really you know cause I was like, that was a cool <laughs> episode. Like that was a that was a no. That was also the episode saddled with this fucking ridiculous like uh, a point five plot. Of the cake, yeah. It's not even like the B-plot. It's as much screen time as that. Also, oh, actually, I want to say, like... We might all die. Hey, Hoshi, did you find... What kind of food? Yeah, but what's his favorite food? Also, Oasis. I want to say, while I was going through my notes, I had to check what episode Oasis was every time I saw the page. I'm like, the fucking episode. It's the Tom Bergeron episode. Uh, you mean the... That's one what episode? I, that's, No, it's the Tom Bergeron episode. Shh, don't say that. My phone might hear you. it <laughs> fucking saddle me with more. No, but fucking read. Just... He he was bad, and every time they used him, it just got worse and worse, and I, I hate to say it, but if anybody was going to die season one, I, at this point, I'd rather be Reed, uh, even though Mayweather's fucking miserable. Although, if Reed did die, Mayweather might be there more, so maybe I should just sack Mayweather. I don't know. Who's yours? Well, I'm forced
1: to agree uh, with a lot of what you said. I'm more warm to reed i think than you are just because i kind of like that he's the stuffy british guy and that he's got this kind of standoff relationship with people and he's difficult for him to connect with others hey, that's like that's not the stuff that was... he's got a personality now it's a an degrading and irritating personality but they wanted him to be that way and he Fair. is so i think that's mayweather just sucks because his personality doesn't shine through his actor's Let inability me
0: also levy against reed uh, them having him do Mary Sue shit. Like, invent shields.
1: I mean, it's only effective against cum monsters. It's not that good a shield.
0: Well... I mean, if I've they wanted... I've the true science behind phasers. I can't guarantee what the semen count in uh, phase weaponry is, but... Yeah, Mayweather's just terrible. Mayweather no, is... No, Mayweather... It, are you saying Mayweather, or are you saying the actor?
1: So, this is what the the line is about to parse. The worst character... The worst actor, okay, mm-hmm. is different to me. Okay. There's nothing wrong with Mayweather as a character. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just played by someone who has no talent. He doesn't do anything really wrong. He doesn't do anything objectionable. Here's what's wrong
0: about Mayweather. And, and I think part of why I've got the axe to grind with him is that we've come up with eight different char- versions of that character. And they're oh, yeah. all fucking stellar. And this is the worst version he could. He's, he's a problem. I agree. He's a problem. He's a huge lead
1: weight on the show, but it's because the actor sucks and really the character is fine. Like there's nothing he does that's objectionable or bad. It's just every time he's on screen, you're like, Oh, please just, let's get his lines over with. Right? Like, so I don't see him as the worst character and I don't see, I don't see Reed as the worst character. The worst character is Paul. Okay. Like Paul is just, given no agency at all in any of the episodes that are supposed to be about her and it is so awful again it's i'm not like faulting the actress in this regard no but her character is the worst because she she is defined by the actions of others and not herself
0: her character is great until she is the focus and then she is not the focus because of the script So she has huge holes. Yeah. There, there is a great structure there with a lot of missing stairs and those stairs are scenes where she should be taking the agency. And then we, we've, we've hit on this a lot, but I just, if she's not the focus or the script is intentionally not keeping the ball away from her. uh, I think she's been consistently good. I like them having shown these lurking desires under her crust. um, And I see the direction they're going to go with her. Uh, but everything you're saying is right. I, I still can't fucking put her on top of Reed um, or Mayweather, but there are big faults, and I I really hope that moving into season two they fix them.
1: Well, speaking of season two, these are please audience, you can count on hearing our reviews of that in the near future. What you're going to hear first after uh, uh, our our rip here is our interview with uh, John Morris the creator author creative force behind uh, voyager season eight so we're going to talk to him about that project what led him to it uh how much he plans to do what other pieces of that he wants to put out in the world you know he's talking about doing like an animation and some other things so can't wait to talk to him about that he's he's Definitely on our wavelength when it comes to what we did about Voyager. <laughs> so it is uh, fun to see someone really take the ball and run with it to actually create the continuation and then potential actual end of that story that Voyager never got. Uh, so look forward to that. And then the week after that, you will hear us, but we'll be talking about Star Trek Generations. So Peter and I uh, watched and reviewed uh, Generations for our Patreon uh subscribers a few months ago and rather than have you all have to watch you know tank curl we (laughs) thought it would be better if instead the other malcolm mcdowell movie that we reviewed would be a better choice so we'll put that out there for everyone to enjoy and then the following week after that is when you will hear our review of shockwave part two and we will be venturing in to when are we recording I'm like fucking legit excited to watch. that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna stop the recording, then we can figure on our schedule. The rest, of the- <laughs> no one else needs to hear that. Uh, but thank you very much to all of the Vijay Police faithful out there. Uh, we would literally, you know, shout into the void if there was one of you listening. The fact that there are hundreds Apple. of you, uh, the fact that there's hundreds of you listening continues to kind of be a bit of an amazement to us. So we appreciate it. And join our Facebook group, Vijay Police trauma Support Group. Tweet at us at v please. Email us at v please at gmail.com. Join our Discord, or there's permalinks on Facebook. You can always hit me up in DMs and, DM and send any of our social media. I'll give it to
0: you. Is we love to talk to you guys. Link on the Twitter page?
1: Uh, I haven't posted there in a while. I'll do that. Hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. Anyway, point is, uh, join us for all of our discussions. It's like the coolest, chillest Star Trek discussion, you know, you know posse you'll ever find. So you <laughs> should definitely be a part of it. And we will see you next week.